This episode presented by Bon Bon, a neighborhood bistro in Lawrence, Kansas, bringing Midwest flavors to international cuisine. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, we're celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, hey, you're listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. And as you just heard, we're celebrating 10 years almost of Heritage Radio Network. And uh, I just realized, as uh, we heard that commercial from Michael Harlan Turkel, I think that was his voice, that um, my guest today was on one of my very first shows. Oh, yeah. Maybe was the that about first. Dating? It was the first show. Just, I had a show back in the ancient, <laughs> yes. ancient heritage radio. This is a veteran history. podcaster also, <laughs> Rachel Wharton. But, uh, okay, so to back up a little bit, uh, we wanted to talk about um, when, whenever you see a book, any book, could be a cookbook or not, written by a celebrity, you'll also often see a, a name in small print. So, a like, with. A with like so the art of the deal by <laughs> vaguely by Donald J Trump with Tony Schwartz or um, the kind diet by Alicia Silverstone with uh, I believe Victoria Pearson anyway so that with person is the co-writer and in the realm of cookbooks uh, especially ones by big name chefs or otherwise celebrity people um, or even any chef or any chef yeah who needs a co-writer. Um, Rachel is often that person. <laughs> so you have um, written, co-written cookbooks from the likes of Action Bronson. What is it called? Fuck That's Delicious? Yes. And um, and our oh, next one, Stone Beyond Belief, is Stone coming out Beyond in March. Belief. And uh, a couple years ago, you co-wrote uh, Suhi Kim's The Good Fork, a local restaurateur here. She um, recently teamed up with you again to write Korean Home Cooking, her follow-up book all about her Korean heritage um, recipes and and wonderful stuff. And you guys... You guys are on a team now, but um, Ooh, so he- and I also did Freddie Prince Jr.'s That's books. What I forgot <laughs> yes. to mention Ooh, and Julia Rothman, who's an now increasingly famous illustrator. I mm-hmm. helped her with. She does a series, and she works with like someone who knows about gardening or farming. Uh-huh. And I was her food person. So yeah, and, and Lou DiPaolo, like an, the Italian market in Little Italy. I worked yes. with a lot of different Di people. Paolo's Essential yeah. Italian Cooking. It wasn't like a cookbook. It was a guide to shopping for was, Italian ingredients. We, right? It was like a deep dive into 10 Italian ingredients. Right. We yeah. spent a lot of time in Italy. That sounds so really... Were, it, was fun. it was really fun. I learned a lot. You went to Italy with <laughs> yes. Lou Paolo. We actually got stuck there during the hurricane, during Sandy. <laughs> oh, we, no. got, we, we were stuck in Rome. <laughs> it was terrible. No, it was terrible because he had yeah, his yeah. business oh. was in the <clears throat> flood zone. Yeah, in the lower Manhattan. Mm. Ooh, exciting. Um, <laughs> well, so, okay, so from Freddie Prince Jr. to local chefs like Suhi Kim and so forth, you've really written run the gamut and actually we were going to have Suhi back again because we guys we had you guys um, here to talk about the first book a couple of years ago but Suhi's <clears throat> had to drop out at the last minute for yes. a plane issue <clears throat> 
but we got Rachel, so party time. And um, the behind the scenes. It's, it's actually really interesting to learn about the behind the scenes cookbook writing. So first and foremost, like for people who are like just not really um, noticing that there's a little name there or just you know, not sure what that entails. Sometimes there isn't a name there, Sometimes. even when there is a name there. And that would be yeah. a ghostwriter. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. Okay, but you're different because your name is there. Most is that, of the time. Because you have some cred, <laughs> right? Yes. Well, yeah. I don't even know if it's that, it's, that, you know, it's fun to have. I mean, because, you know, people, it's like part of one of the things that I like because I, you can spend up to five years on these books. Mm-hmm. So it's nice not, it's not just that I have credits. Nice for me that people know that I that yeah. I did that. So transparency with the reader. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's that's it's, important. <laughs> so also like some one of the things that I usually try to fight for in my contracts mm-hmm. because you spend so much time, you want people to know that you were part of this beautiful thing. Yeah. The people who, like other editors who would hire me to do more of them. Right. Yes, that is important too. So okay. In the name of transparency, I guess. What exactly? You mentioned five years, which sounds very daunting. Yeah, that, that usually it's more like two. <laughs> okay. But I've had some books that took forever. It took forever. I did. I did a book about Filipino food, and that book, we went like it. Was I mean, it? My name is. Wait. I am a Filipino. And this is this, how we cook? Yes. The jeepney owners? And that took a really long time, partially mm-hmm. because I mean it was kind of a shifting landscape in the United States especially with Filipino food as it was happening. And it, originally it was going to be many of the things that they cooked at their restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then with more research and trips in the Philippines, they de- they decided quite rightly that they wanted to do more regional, like find regional dishes that no one knew about. And not, yeah. not ju- they have a few of the things that they had made that they were doing in their restaurants. But it's, oh, wow. a lot of it's like traditional dishes from research from traveling all over the country. Wow, that's, that's really interesting. So the book took on different topics than they specialized at their restaurants or really knew about before doing the book. Yeah, exactly. And so we, mm. we, basically, we basically, I mean, like we basically kind of like redid the book uh-huh. almost twice. Oh, so wow. So it took a long time. It took huh. a long time. But it sounds like you came up with something that was better than what you originally envisioned. Yes, and, and part of it was just what was happening. Uh-huh. Happening. Like sometimes when you start a book, like things like what what's what's out there mm. like happening in the food world or in restaurants where people are eating like it changes as you're working on it and you want your book to yeah. ref, re, like respond or reflect or and that happens often now how for example mm-hmm. with Sohi's first book um we the good fork in the t- it, that took also took at least two years and when we first started it, they hadn't even thought about opening a Korean restaurant. Mm-hmm. Their restaurant so. mm-hmm. at all. Like, it wasn't even something that she had considered. And so by the time we were halfway through, I don't, probably we're still in the proposal phase, but I think it was almost ready to go out. And then she, they decided that they wanted to open a Korean restaurant. And it's like, well, this book oh, yeah. should have some a Korean representation. food. Yeah. And it hadn't had that. And then we decided that the book should be chronological because we could start with what she had grew what she learned early on mm-hmm. cooking for other people then go into the dishes at the restaurant then go into the dishes at the restaurant after hurricane sandy cuz they had you know it was really hard to get people to red hook so they like started brunch and then the mm-hmm. last chapter was like the next horizon I'm opening a Korean place so that was a sh- we totally weren't going to do it chronologically yeah it turned into on. a narrative journey yes of sorts it was cool so yeah. how much say do you have in these decisions? <laughs> um, well, well, actually, structure is kind of my job. Yeah. That, like, organizing information, 
that's a lot of people can even write really well, but it's hard to figure out how to organize information. I mean, that's what I do as a writer journalist. You're organizing information within a story. You're figuring out how to tell the story. And so that's actually like a lot of my job. That's, mm -hmm. And we have to do that. Often you have to do that for the proposal phase. You have to figure yeah. out what's, how are we going to tell the story of this restaurant or of this food and how are we going to organize the information. And sometimes you end up with a cookbook that truly is like either seasonal. I actually have never done a seasonally organized cookbook. There are a lot of them out there. Yeah. Or you're like, you might, I've actually, I don't think I've ever done one that was appetizers, entrees, really? dessert. I'm not sure I've ever what done that either. What was Action Bronson's cookbook? I should probably... Oh, his is a hundred things. Oh, okay. That's an interesting structure. Well, I wanted... I wanted to... That, it took me a while. <laughs> I, like, I wanted to be able to capture the delight of his random likes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, some, you know, sometimes it's... I wanted to be able to... That book is not... A, a full cookbook it's there's maybe 40 recipes so the other 60 entries are stories or obsessions or um silly anecdotes or like free lists. associative yeah. like food talking and that's basically. what i really i really uh, I, I think is awesome about mm -hmm. him is that you know it's not it's not a hundred recipes sometimes it's a story about a bagel that you know really makes you rethink a bagel and and so i wanted i was like how am i gonna how am I going to get all, how are we, how do we do this? And it, and, it, and then I, in retrospect, the, the, that's what the Savor 100, some of your listeners may know. That's what, that's how they, they make a list every year. I didn't, I didn't realize that until after I came up with the idea. I was like, I'm just going to do a list and it's uh -huh. going to be what his things. And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, it's like the Savor 100. That's how yeah. you get it. You can then write about anything because you just have to have, you can have a hundred things. But now it's channeled through Action Bronson, who was a, very different from you <laughs> let's just say he's a big we personality we like, we like a lot of the same things when it comes to food sure and, okay and funny stuff well you're different from freddie prince jr <laughs> yeah i'm totally and Palo, different. so you have yeah. to sort of speak through and so he kim or yeah. you know, whoever you have to like uh do you have to like mime them through words and and also it depends on the book yeah with action he's hilarious I truly, it's him. Like, I would say, like, if the book is 50,000 words, 499,999 are his words. Mm. And I listen to him, and I just kind of try to um, organize everything he tells me yeah. in, a, in a great way. And so he doesn't write down anything. He could, but I listen, so he doesn't have to. Oh. Um, hmm. But what was I going to, well, he writes, because, like, when he works on music, he's, he's writing his that's what he writes. He hands like, writes his lyrics and stuff like that. What was I gonna say? But everyone's different because so like recipes, for example, like yeah. there's some expository writing in a recipe, and so I have to do have to add some of that stuff in, like you know, like the head notes. Yeah, like yeah. the stuff, the like the important part, like the just like the little detail of a head note that explains why you're gonna have to buy whatever flour or something. Like I'll have <laughs> to add in those details. And then in some books, like actually, and Freddie, Freddie wrote everything too. He just needed like a, someone to help organize it, test the recipes, wow. um, and and uh, and then maybe like ask a question here, wow. here or there. Like he wrote everything himself he wrote too. He also has a great voice. And I think he actually, I think he actually writes for think writing is part of what he does like I know I think I think that like that's also like one of his jobs is not just acting or mm -hmm. and he does a lot of voice work was actually writing maybe for like Who wrestling maybe for wrestling right. I think and then and then 
and I, I try to do that with everyone, but with some people, it, it's more lifting on my part. Like with uh-huh. Lou, I also listened to him. But then we went and did, I listened to his stories, and then we went to Italy for like six weeks total. And so I incorporated my own reporting from those trips, like things we saw. Like when we learned, like he basically took me through all the things that he thought were most important that he'd seen him dozen times hundreds of times and then I would so I took notes like how the Parmigiano Reggiano was made like it Mm -hmm. goes into a copper cauldron and Luke could have probably told me all those details but because I was there I was able to I was able to put things in that I had seen like what the trees look like and things like that so with him that was a little more collaborative but still as much in his voice as I could get yeah so okay I want to ask you uh a tough question. So mm. when you see, you've worked, okay, first of all, you're a James Beard award-winning food writer on your own, um, having written the Edible New York, uh, Edible whatever, Brooklyn. It was actually column. an art, one of, the, one of the articles was about Roberta's. Yes. <laughs> Where we are right meta. now. Very meta. Um, you're that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. It was the beginning of the Brooklyn It was. So that's scene. why we're talking about the 10-year yeah. anniversary here of Heritage. But um, so you're you're uh, you've worked with many great chefs and you've written for New York Times and, and many esteemed publications. So when you see a celebrity who is not really like a chef decide that they're going to make a cookbook, do you have a bit of a knee jerk reaction like, oh, well, who do they think they are? Like I'm talking about somebody like uh, like uh, Alicia Silverstone or. Freddie Prince Jr. or like <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen, like or somebody who wants to have a, a new. Basically, it sounds like they want a career change and reinvent themselves as a yeah. food personality. Well, probably, maybe the maybe the first time someone was like, "Hey, this person wants to do a book." The, maybe the first time that ever. Yeah. But now, now actually, what I really well, no, it's also like Freddie was enrolled in culinary school and then he got his first acting gig and dropped Whoa. out. And his mom worked in restaurants. That. That's exa- so that's that happens every time. Uh, like, who is this person? And like, they, who do they think? They and are? then you're like, oh, they actually like legit cook really well, and it's been the passion <laughs> of theirs for a long uh-huh. time. Okay. And I, that I find that that that's usually it's, the case. I've never. It's I've never. I, well, first of all, like. I wouldn't really want to do those books because like for a book to be good, there has to be that passion and that yeah. story like, so. and they have to really care. And so it, it's so pretty. That was like a different yeah. story. Yeah. And actually, I mean, his book is, his book was fun. Cause it was like, it was kind of like, he's a healthy eater mm. and it was, and he makes, and I think it's like kind of healthy dude food. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend <laughs> loved, he loved everything I made for that book. <laughs> It's, it was, and Freddie grew up. He's he's Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. and he grew up in New Mexico. So a lot of his dishes were either inspired by his Puerto Rican heritage. He spent summers. He's like, this is all the stuff you learn. You're like, oh, this person actually has like a totally amazing background. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff was either from his Puerto Rico, like growing, like visiting his grandparents in Puerto Rico, or like amazing New Mexican dishes that I didn't hadn't really made before. And I, I actually loved, I loved testing the recipes for that book. And I, some of that stuff I still make all the time. Wow. Mm. But there's a different um, reason why his book is getting published as opposed to maybe somebody who has an amazing Puerto Rican restaurant that has been 25 years strong. Yeah. It's a community. Because they sell... People, because they sell people who have a following sell books. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think. Well, there's a lot of small publishers out there. I think, if I think if you 
can write well. You can probably get your book published somewhere, but you may not make, most people don't make any, like you have to do it. Most people have to do it because they love it, the book and they, or yeah. because most people do not make very much money <laughs> to do a cookbook. Right. And you, it also doesn't hurt to look like a, like a TV star, yeah. <laughs> like Freddie Prince Jr. I mean, when you do books, if you, you do press. Well, yeah. And you also, you've written book proposals. Part of the book proposal is going over the platform, the platform of the person who is, um, I'm popping my peas, the platform of the person who is, uh, whose, whose book it is. Right. Like how, how, like what, like, how many followers do they have? Like, are they already out on the road all the time? So everybody knows them already. Do they have a TV show? Mm-hmm. Are they about to launch a condiment? You know, like that's mm-hmm. one of the things you it's have important. to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's yes. talk a little bit more. I want to ask some more hard questions right <laughs> after a quick little commercial break. This episode is presented by Bonbon, a neighborhood bistro in Lawrence, Kansas, bringing Midwest flavors to international cuisine. Bonbon is a place for friends and neighbors to come together and enjoy good food and good company. The heart of Bonbon is filled with love for the community of Lawrence, Kansas, for the staff and suppliers that put food on the tables, for quality local ingredients, and for fun, creative dishes. Learn more at bonbonlawrence.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Michael Harlan Turkel, and I'm the host of The Food Scene here on HRN. This show explores the intersection of food, art, and design by talking to people who are inspired by these ideas. The show features food photographers, food stylists, interior designers, and so much more. All the players that make the world so visually delicious. You can find The Food Scene wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. All right, we're back chatting more with uh, veteran Heritage Radio Network guest, previous former host, (laughs) Rachel Wharton. I'm a veteran guest. I totally am. You are. I think you've been on the show a few times. I feel like I've been on a lot. I think I was even, I was on like Cutting the Curd. I have, there's no reason I should have been on Cutting the Curd. I don't even know how that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to have you back. It's been a while. Um, as you were saying, that there's not enough bathrooms in Roberta's, <laughs> yes. as usual, so that hasn't changed. Um, so. I do remember in the early days there was a car right where this nice family is eating ah. pizza. Remember there was a car, there was like a car, yeah. and you just like ate around it, and there was a then the then the car a became a wood of fire a car, stove. I think. Yeah, like oh, a the baker. Oh, I love that wood stove. Yeah, yeah, that was that was cozy. Well. It's good to have you back. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And to chat more about this behind-the-scenes business, which is really interesting. And I wanted to know, for people who are intrigued now, because it sounds a little glamorous, oh, um, like I envy the person who got to work with Chrissy Teigen, whoever oh, yeah. that was, um, or whoever, you know, it may be that is, like, making a cookbook. Um, I'm sure it's a lot of work, too. But how did you break into this world? Uh, well, my first book was actually when I was an editor at Edible Brooklyn, Edible Manhattan. They were doing edibles are a group of magazines all over the country, and they were doing a series of five, I think, with Rodale. And I got tapped to do the Edible Brooklyn one. But and I think wait, wait, maybe that wasn't even my first book. I don't know. I, one of my friends is um, an editor. She was. We went to grad school together, 
she's an editor at Chronicle, and she had done a very, very, very successful book about whoopie pies. <laughs> and she wanted to do hand pies, because she's a baker. So uh-huh. even though she usually edits other people's, she's probably been the editor on many, of the, many of the authors you've had on the mm-hmm. show. But she was about to have a baby, and she didn't think, I think she didn't think she could do all the work, like the, the, the writing part of it. And then she actually tested like every single recipe, like right up until the day she gave birth, pie wow. after pie after pie. And I, inter- one of my, one of my parts of that job was was interviewing, doing like long form stories of ten hand pie makers around the country, like people who made them, like savory pies in Louisiana, and like like fruit pies in Texas, which was really fun. And uh, I don't know. And then then Lou DiPaolo's so, agent, okay, found me. Right, so a lot of the agents find me. Mm-hmm. Agents ask me to help. Agents or editors know that someone needs help with a book and they ask me if I'm interested. Got it. So with that Friends book that you co-wrote, now that you're, now people recognize that you co-wrote books and they're like, oh, that's somebody who's done that before. Yes. Basically. Yes. Okay. So who was the absolute worst person to work with? <laughs> I can't answer that question. And no, you know, nobody's really worse. It's a, it's a day to day. What about the most like difficult or like biggest mistake or horrible <sighs> incident? I mean, I've definitely made some mistakes with my contracts and like what, you know, if you don't spend, oh man, you can just, if you're just like, I'll help do anything, you can just constantly have to do everything without any increase in pay Uh in the past, early on. So all the back and forth, the edits, you're in charge of that or not? or like Things like that. that, Or like if the scope changes dramatically, all of a sudden... Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. Like, you just... You have to redo it. Yes. And those are things that I'm learning. That's not your fault. Yeah. 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 And it, it's more time. Yeah. And then you've already... Then all of a sudden, something that was supposed to be finished in 2012 goes until 2015, but you had already Signed started on to do else. other things. Oh, jeez. Which, like, you know, these... Like, I don't even know if you can even fix those things, because you have to just keep working. And, mm-hmm. But... It's definitely think that you just have to know that things like that happen. Yeah, be prepared. So, was there any incident that you're like, "Oh man, I'm totally screwed"? Um, I don't know, something to look out for. Any anyone who's aspiring co-writer. It helps. Well, learn. it helps to have an agent for your you. own agent. Uh huh. I think you have who knows how to you you. Someone will be like, "Hey, will you help me do this book?" I'll pay you X amount of money, and you'll be like, "Oh my God, that's so much money!" And then you realize <laughs> you realize that it's actually not that money if it's like two to three years worth of work, and that like Ooh. and that it, like the contract you just signed, they can fire you at for no reason, and you have to pay all the money back even if you did seventy. Like so, if you don't have an agent, those oh my type, God, those types happen. of things could happen to you, which has never happened to me. Okay, but I do like a lot of people are like, "Oh, I don't that's want an crazy. agent." But I uh, hope my the hopefully agent, my agent loves that commission. I'm saying this. Yeah. They do, but they also like. They know how they they can fight for you. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, see, it's hard. It's also hard to have tough conversations about business with the person that you spend you, need to work with, you spend yeah. like three or four days a week with sometimes, and so that your your agents can be like they can like okay. bump chests. We'll handle it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't want to have that information. Uh, like you know those kind of yeah of pressure or tense tense. It's interesting because the co-author often becomes the direct contact it's an interesting dynamic because you are often working directly with the editors and the publishing houses even though you're not 
you, you don't have a contra direct contract with them. You're working for the person in the middle, yet you become the the main contact. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's, it's like it's a lot you, of responsibility. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And you, and many. I don't know. It's interesting. You you have to like. You're often the person who has to deliver bad news. <laughs> oh. Or like, we have to change this or redo this. Right. Yeah. What about royalties? Are you part of that or should you? I mean, should yes, that's yeah. the other thing that your agent although, should fight for. Should fight for. Although okay. you've done some books, you know that royalties don't have. One of my friends who is also a co-author, <laughs> royalties don't truth. happen very often. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my friends who's also a co-author, he's a fabulous co-author with like way more fabulous, like like super best-selling Chrissy Teigen-esque, yeah. Yeah, and so he was like, my agent says, if I do my job right, you'll never see a royalty. As Are you in, talking like, about J.J. Good? Yes, yeah. he told you that too. Know, I'm pretty sure. And no, and, he, and I just remember, I was like, whoa, <clears throat> that's so cool. Like, it's like, it's like because it means that they're making so much money up front that there's ne they'll never see a royalty. And I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. But um, I would love to get like one royalty someday. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The, Ugh, but it's okay. Some, For me, it's goals. like school. Yeah. I mean, that's why I love working on these books. It's like I learned so much. I learned so much about so many different foods and cuisines and places and like the techniques and the flavor profiles that were not mine. Not yours. Yeah. And it's so it's. And like you have to pretend it is because you have yeah. to speak through the voice. Yeah. yeah. But it's and. But for me, it's like an it's like an eternal education. Like I love to cook and I love food. That's why I do this. And for me. It's fantastic. It to is get an to, eternal education. Yeah, I really like, like there's it. There's like hundreds of recipes in this Korean home cooking that we didn't uh, end up talking about today. But um, <laughs> well, you should have Soe on again to talk yes, about the Korean. Yes, I'll come back she would, and just she would listen. Love to, totally. But um, so now that you're so educated in so many books, <laughs> and also you're a food writer on your own, have you ever wanted to step out from behind the scenes and into the Stage center and write your own cookbook. Well, I well I have not written my own cookbook, but I am working on. Hopefully, I can come back this fall when my uh -huh. the first book of my really own comes out. It's uh it's about the history of American food and twenty six no dishes, which is not the exact title. I think the title is American food, and then oh. there's like some subtitle that I'm still working out. But it's an, the illustrated history of twenty six illustrated history. So Who's that's doing the illustrations? My friend Kim from Philadelphia. They're beautiful. Her work is Notine, N-O-T-T-E-N-E. -T -T -E, and she often she she was like a handbag designer. She's had a bunch mm. of awesome. She teaches at Micah. She teaches visual illustration. And her own as an artist, like she does a lot of amazing wallpapers that you probably see at super fancy places that I can't afford. And um, <laughs> but and her own but her own artwork has always been the every day like uh -huh. she got this awesome gig where she won a grant to go into like a like when people like they they get evicted or they move out or they die so like mm -hmm. all the stuff like people just get all the stuff from an apartment and throw it in like a not a dump but like a site where it's stored and she got a grant from the i think the city of philadelphia to go in and pick out items from 10 different apartments and then draw it's like it's oh, such cool. a cool right like that's what, her own art practice a term i'm just learning is always been like the the everyday and so mm -hmm. the 26 dishes the 26 things that we did in the book are all kind of ordinary like mm. they're yellow mustard and hot wings and so She's drawing from those. Oh, that's really, really yeah. neat. So, that's cool. I, and maybe, I don't know, there's so many. <laughs> I'm 
I'm just about to say, there's so many cookbooks. Do we really need another one? This is like the dumbest thing I can say. That's what you're saying. That's your. <laughs> that's how you're gonna present your book. Needs, <laughs> nobody needs my. Nobody needs my pimento cheese recipe. Like the, all the other people who have like Rachel. amazing <laughs> recipes. No one needs my stuff. I hope. Would you, you have like to learn publicist. how to make pasta in a hundred ways? I can do. Like somebody already did that book. I can make a lot of salads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will look forward to that one. Um, if and I'm sure your publicist will do a bunch better spin. I've learned how that. to use. I, I can make a ton of amazing things with sourdough discard. That's the one thing I was just like, I should do a book because you know, do you, do you have a sourdough yeah. starter? Yeah. Like you're constantly it's throwing so it out, and I've been like. Or you have to give it to somebody, but you can't. But have like, if that. you feed it often, that's like a c- half a cup a of it. So I've been trying to make as many. Th- I, like, I just am free forming. Like yesterday, uh-huh. I made sourdough pancakes. I just threw some starter in there. Yes. Added some sugar, and it, it's like they taste. I've done that okay. with pancakes yeah. actually. So that's that's maybe that's the one thing more. I should do. Yeah. Discard. Excellent. Wait, is that going to be part of the American book? The sourdough. The sourdough. No, or no. This is just, just another book idea. Oh, because I, 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 I constantly try to look for ways to use it up. Uh-huh. So there, there you go. That could that be my book. Like a good book. <laughs> no, it might be five pages long. <laughs> <laughs> Much to work on. Maybe you'll need to get a co-author for that one. <laughs> oh yeah, I could, I could do what like Michael did. Michael Harlan could tell I could go around uh-huh. the world with the and, vinegar and see, and see what people trip. do with their sourdough discard. Yeah. Follow up. Um, no, but really, when is your book coming out and what is it called? Right now it's called American Food, subtitled blah, 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 to be determined. Um, and it'll be out this fall. And it's by just Rachel Warren. Illustrated by Kim. Kim okay. Hall. So you Ooh. do share it. We well uh-huh. yeah, but because I do all the I'm the writer, she's the but illustrator. That's the first. We have the exact same birthday. Which is weird. We didn't know that. That's amazing. You're the exact same like the exact day same year. year. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that crazy? I think it's crazy. I think that's a really that's special you thing when book. you find somebody who has that. My person <laughs> is Britney Spears. No way. Yeah. So it's we have a special relationship. But that's um, pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll look I forward to that. I just danced to Britney Spears last night. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Don't we all? Everyone went crazy. <laughs> Oh man, that's about all the time we have. Thank well, you for having me. On that me. note, thank you so much, Rachel. Great to have you back. You Anytime. should do another show too. And thanks everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com backslash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage, and thanks for listening.